Hello and welcome to episode 174 of Constructing Comics, a podcast building stories one page and one panel at a time. On this episode, we have reviews of Batwoman, Catwoman, Batman, sorry, Catwoman issue one from DC Comics and King in Black from Marvel Comics issue one. Your creative team on Batman, Catwoman is Tom King, writer, Clayman on art, Tiemo More on colors and Clayton Clouds on letters. The creative team on King and Black is Donnie Cates, writer, Ryan Stegman, pencils, J.P. Moyer, inks, Frank Martin on colors, and Clayton Clouds again on letters. This is your spoiler alert for Batman, Catwoman 1, and King and Black 1. This is Matt, and I'm joined by Constructing Comics co-host Noah. Hey there. Noah, so um, we have two number ones kicking off uh, two different series from, uh, you know, the, the big two publishers. Um, we're going to get into a deep dive here soon. Um, but as we normally do, why don't you lead us off with some of your initial thoughts on, on these two books? I like them both. I think for for Tom King and, and Clay Mann to do a less conventional story for a number one, mm-hmm. just sort of throwing us into this very confusing storytelling method. And uh, sort of being unconventional in that way is really great. And I really enjoyed that. And then I really enjoyed what Donnie Cates and Ryan Stegman did with King in Black in a very more, in a much more conventional starting of an event kind of way, but somehow did it a good way of working within the formula to create something I think that's going to be pretty cool. And I've not read, I'm behind on both series and what their lead ups were. So I know that Batman and Catwoman is out of continuity, so it doesn't really matter. But the I had fallen off of what Tom King had been doing with Batman after probably issue 53 or so, mm-hmm. Batman. And then I, I stopped reading Venom after the first arc, not because I wasn't enjoying it, because I've gone back and reread that first arc. And I've read like, um, the, I think Ben Nam, like the Vietnam um, one single shot of Venom, which was awesome. And I've read other stuff in within the universe, like Silver Surfer Black and some random Thor and Guardians things. Uh, but I've not kept up with all of the Venom, and I didn't I didn't read Absolute Carnage or anything. But I still felt like this event was pretty accessible. Um, so I'll just say that up front. I actually kind of got into it really well, and I think Ryan Stegman's art and Donny Cates's writing was compelling enough for me to be like, yeah, this is a good enough jumping on spot pot of jumping back on spot for me so what what about you yeah um i uh, i i i think i agree with a lot of the things that you said there um i have continued to read batman um the tom king series or the tom king part of it ending and and reading the the james tinney and the fourth stuff um currently um you know but you know knowing a little bit of the history here, I know that this was initially part of Tom King's Batman run. Um, and he had hoped to get to about a hundred issues of, of Batman, but wasn't able to do this. And then this was sort of made this, um, this black label series that's out of continuity, but it's really weirdly the continuity continued from, from Tom King's run. So for me reading all of that and continuing to just sort of, uh follow uh the batman story you know uh tinian hasn't sort of left the all of the things that king um put out you know there's still the selena bruce sort of relationship even though that it's it's sometimes strained sometimes distant you know they're not always always in the same location 
Um, so that was easy for me to, to jump in there. Um, you know, I, I have to do a little disconnect in my mind, which is easy because I'm able to carmental, carmental, uh, I can't talk. I'm able to sort of put the things Carmelize? together. Come caramel. Carmel corn. Compartmentalize. We just need to move on. Um, but I, I, I'm able to, in my mind, go, okay, so this is the, the end of the Tom King series. Right. And, and follow that along. Um, but I, you know, for being such a big Marvel reader, I really hadn't read a lot of the Venom stuff. Um, I had read the Thor stuff that Cates has done. Um, I read Silver Surfer Black. Um, so really that's, uh, you know, I read some of the cosmic ghost rider stuff. Um, I did so, too. I forgot about that. Yeah. That so I, I, I had that, but I was able to, to, to jump in. This was a, you know, a really, we've seen this a million times in a DC, I'm sorry, in a Marvel event, all the heroes getting together and the threat coming to earth, you know, so it, it was easy to, to, to fall in to that. Um, without knowing all of the different uh, ins and outs of, of you know the story, but let's uh, let's jump into our, our review of uh, Batman Catwoman uh, number one. Yeah. So um, he, we, we sort of lead off with with Selena in her car, and uh, she's driving, and it's a you know it's a you know tropical atmosphere, and then we're introduced to this to this character um, in the last panel on page one and, sh and she's meeting Bruce. Did you know who this was when you were reading it? I, I know that we, we find out at the end who it is, but you know, on your first read, first page, did you know who that was? Um, I didn't until I turned the page and he says, uh, Andrea, and I knew immediately. And I, I had known that the Phantasm was gonna be a part of this book just mm -hmm. from the ads that they had been doing. So, I love that they're reintroducing this character into continuity. Actually, I don't know if it's not a reintroducing, but it's an introduction of this character into continuity, which is pretty great uh, because Batman mask of the phantasm as a film is incredibly influential on, on Batman from there on, you know, as far as exploring the character of Batman and sort of what, what motivates him to stay as Batman and what would, what would take him out? Like what would stop him from being Batman? And actually, and it plays very well into what Tom King tried to do with the Selena Kyle, Bruce Wayne thing, because on an issue 50, Selena Kyle is changes her mind about marrying Bruce because someone says that if you married him, you'd make him happy. And that's what would stop him from being Batman. And that's one of the core things in the movie of Batman mask of the phantasm is this key moment where bruce wayne is yelling at his family's uh as at his parents portrait and he's saying uh i never ex like you know you know I, I wanted to go on this path of justice but i never thought i'd be happy mm -hmm. and then andrea leaving him is sort of what solidifies uh, he's going to be batman you know um it's a, I'm not doing a justice describing what happens in that film. It's really worth watching, but both of them have both Tom King's writing and that movie have a lot in common. Okay. Um, I knew, I knew that this character was, was part of the series. Um, you know, again, reading sort of the internet, seeing solicits, seeing the creators hint at it. Uh, 
my initial read, uh, first page, not going into it, I thought it was Poison Ivy. Uh, yeah, I think I had that thought too. So, um, you know, they, they continue the conversation um, and then uh, there's, you know, there's, there's an interaction here with, uh, with, with Alfred coming back. Um, so we also that... get the time jumps. This is sort of the, these first couple pages are where we get the, uh, the time jumps yeah. between things, which kind of gets confusing, but. So Selena shows up at sort of a, uh, you know, a, a trailer park that's uh, in, a, in a tropical city um, and she meets uh, she, she goes to, to meet somebody. Um, and at this point, I don't think we know who this is, right? We don't, but now looking back at it, they make it very clear, at least um, tomorrow, uh, um, uh, Maury does in his color and in, in, in their color choices. Um, if you look at the, uh, the, the, in the interiors and all the, all the, the color of the furniture and everything, uh, it's very obvious. Okay. Yeah. Um, so then we, we sort of, again, we, we cut back, you know, you said that we do a lot of time jumps, you know, we have an epic sort of Selena and Bruce standing on a, on a, you know, a gargoyle looking out over the city. Um, and then, you know, they're, they're running around doing, they're jumping off of rooftops, uh, they kiss, um, you know, the artwork is, is amazing here. Yeah, and uh, Clayman's uh, Batman's costume is very uh, White Knight inspired with the thigh high boots. Yeah, and true. the short gloves. Yeah, it's. Uh, I think it's a little bit of a combination of. Uh, it looks like a like a Jim Lee Hush style Batman with a with a White Knight. Uh, yeah. Sort of modernization of, of some of that stuff. Yeah, and they. So this issue, they have some callbacks to. Well, they have some callbacks to year one, I think. Or, or no, no, they don't. Never mind. Uh, I was trying to think if they had any callbacks to to Hush or Halloween or something like that on in this one. Um, but there are three timelines in this book, as from what I can tell. There's the, I guess, the the far past timeline is the one where Batman and Catwoman are very uh sexually charged mm-hmm. i guess this for lack of a better term then there's the then there's the timeline that's past that's that's more of a future for that with andrea and that's where alfred has died um because alfred's alive with the with the sexy bat and cat mm-hmm. and then there's the future timeline where it's old selena at the trailer park but that's those are the timelines I picked up, right? Yeah, um, that uh, that that makes sense. Uh, that makes sense to me. Um, I, I think I think that you, I think that you have those right, um, yeah. which makes a lot of sense if you think about. Uh, I'm I'm just sort of thinking, sort of trying to put my Tom King hat on. You know, it seems like that's something three sort of timelines seems like something that you would um, sort of want for some, not quite symmetry, but it's really easy to sort of balance out like now, then future, you know, so that, that makes a lot of sense. And the kind of the structure and how they jump is very similar to how it, how they do it in strange adventures. 
Mm-hmm. Where there'll be like one panel at the bottom of the page or at the top of the page that'll transition you into the next timeline. Mm-hmm. So I kind of, I think reading Strange Adventures prepared me for the story structure of this. Not that you have to read Strange Adventures to enjoy this, but I think for me, I know a lot of people I heard, at least for my LCS, was that it was confusing for them, this this first issue. And I kind of was into the confusion, but I also think maybe I had, uh, maybe because doing this show and talking about Strange Adventures gave me a leg up on the the average reader just picking up this book. And yeah, uh, I, yeah, a lot of other people read Strange Adventures, obviously, but you know. No, I, 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 when you were talking about that, I, I, I flipped back a couple of pages and you're right. It's sort of like, uh, you know, one, the, the last panel on some of these pages or the first panel on some of these pages is not, you know, one page is not all, all the panels on one page are not all from, the same timeline and there's not the there's not the caption balloon like then now you know six months into the into the future you know yeah and i think i i maybe it's just because i have a lot of trust in tom king that i think that'll pay off i don't think that it's going to be something where he's just sort of gonna you know he's not doing this for no reason right yeah it's not going to be a mistake if we if we stick with this book and i think that might be that's something, another point I wanted to bring up and I want to talk to you about. I'm wondering like how much, how, how, maybe how relieved he is that he gets to do this as a black label book instead of like, you know, a main continuity book where he wouldn't necessarily be able to play around with timelines and things like Alfred being dead. And then as we learn in this issue, Bruce being dead in the future. Mm-hmm. Um, like that has to be sort of freeing to then be like, I, this is sort of a more prestige experimental label. So I can be more experimental at, at speaking as Tom King. He can be more experimental with how he delivers things um, in his stories. Yeah. And I, I, I think it would, um, you know, I, I'm guessing we only see about, six to eight DC characters throughout the book. Like he doesn't have to tie it into, you know, current, um, you know, this person is in this state in this book. So he has to, you know, it has to be reflected here. It doesn't Um, have to tie into Joker war or death metal or anything like that. Yeah. So, and also when I was looking back, I think for the most part, when we do do the, the shift in timeline, the, the color palette changes, to sort of symbolize that. I think the only place that really doesn't happen is when he's talking to Andrea and he mentions that Alfred is dead, um, but then we sort of get the, the flashback to Alfred. That one is sort of got that, that, that orangey yellow tone from, from the fireplace. But for the most part, the, uh, whenever the timeline shifts, the, there's, a, there's a shift in sort of the tone with the coloring. Yeah, so there's a... But that's interesting, though, because I just flipped to when the Joker shows up and he's sitting in the chair with the Tommy gun. Mm-hmm. And that is the Andrea timeline. And that and then there's that conversation with Selena and the Joker over the dead mobster mm-hmm. that has that yellowish glow that those first pages do. And True. so there's that. So you you picked up on something and then there's a, there's sort of a greenish tint. Just like a greenish blue tint to the one, the, the, the sexy timeline. So if you have a better name for that, you can throw it out there. 
um there's like a like a greenish turquoise tint and then of course the uh like i would say that the 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 palette in the the farther future timeline is very washed out and pastel almost yeah yeah um again uh flipping through as you talk i i could see that yeah um like even when um the joker and catwoman are on top of the roof there's that sort of like golden yellow glow from the sunlight yeah very true um yeah the I, i i can see that now um yeah so it's sort of uh yeah they, I, I think that throws uh that, that th- goes throughout the book um again and this is something that maybe you don't pick up on 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 a first read but yeah. going back and doing this sort of deeper dissection of it you do um so i don't want to do like a like a panel by panel sort of breakdown as we sometimes do i want to try to just sort of uh lightly touch on some of the 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 key points because it's it's still a relatively new book, even though we gave spoilers out. Um, but, you know, we, we talked about how we sort of have these three timelines going on. Um, you know, they, they, they sort of rehash some of the, the, the history of uh, Batman and Selina. And that's very much as it was sort of towards the tail end of, of, of Tom King's run. Yeah. And, um, they do that and also it's it's interesting to see um like you said sort of the the, the homages to things like hush and whatnot um yeah. and it's it, it, i think what's cool about it is that um what's interesting is that it seems like the the timeline with um the white knight costume mm-hmm is like the far future timeline. And uh, then there's the, the, the timeline with the them being like wholeheartedly in love and they are in sort of the more hush, like I guess sort of the Alfred being alive timeline that they're sort of more in the hush time. Actually, no, now I'm confused. I'm, I'm getting the timelines mixed up because so the the timeline with the white knight costume is the Andrea Beaumont thing. But then Catwoman, when she goes to talk to Joker, is actually the Alfred being alive timeline. Now that I'm looking at it, because her costume isn't the... Oh, man, I'm really confused. Ugh, my head hurts. Well, maybe... So maybe that's a little bit of the, uh, you know, pre, and when I, when I say 50, I mean 50 issues of, of the Batman Tom King run where she's still sort of like, um, she's, she's in love with Bruce, you know, he's proposed to her, um, but she's still sort of got that thing where she's, you know, meeting with, and she does this here where she talks with the Joker, but she's still sort of, um, if I remember correctly, she's still sort of, under the control of sort of Bane and his scheme and in, in, mm. in that in that. So maybe maybe that's a little bit of that sort of pre-marriage issue um Batman Selena timeline. Yeah, I guess so. I, but so I think I'm gonna take back and say that I don't think that the 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 timelines are also very color coded very clearly. Um 
because that yellow glow from when Catwoman meets the Joker when she's robbing the uh, the gangster is not the timeline with Andrea Beaumont. That's before. That's the timeline with when Alfred's alive. And the Andrea Beaumont timeline is the one where they're going down to the sewer and they're in the newer costumes. Okay. Yeah. All right. So you mentioned uh, that the when they, they go into the sewer, um, and this is sort of the, the I think, really the most like superhero action that we get you know they they fight uh they fight alligators down in the sewer yeah um pretty cool scene no yeah it's 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 a great thing to to look at i i really enjoy it um and we talked about this a little bit is then there's the selena joker sort of discussion as she goes in to to rob the the guy of the the jewelry joker's there um and then from there, um, we get a nine-panel grid um, of Selena. Um, do uh, she's sort of chasing a uh, chasing a thief to to get some? Is she trying to get some information here? Yeah, trying to get some information. So Andrea Beaumont comes to Bruce to help her look for her son. Mm-hmm. And Andrea knows that Bruce is Batman, so she knows that he can help her find it. So Catwoman and Batman are looking for Andrea Beaumont's son. So they go into the sewer because they think that maybe he got uh, recruited by the Dickens-esque pickpocket gang and uh, Dickensian, I guess, the Dickensian Gotham City pickpocketing gang. So they, they, they grab this kid who's, who's stolen someone's purse uh because he would know where Beaumont's son is and he does and then that leads to another reveal. Yeah. So um from there uh they 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 go looking well there there's still more conversations between Joker and Selena but they go looking they go looking for the kid and they find him. Um and uh he does not look great when they find him. Nope, he looks kind of dead and like he was killed by the Joker. Yeah. So, um the this the jumping around sort of continues. We get the uh what do we decide to call it? Happy and in love instead of uh sexy time Batman. Yes, happy happy and in love timeline, which is also <laughs> the timeline where Batman where, where where Catwoman and the Joker are talking with each other. Yes. And uh we don't know what's going on there. It's just sort of vague conversations, like ominous conversations with each yeah. other. But it's still the happy and in love Batman timeline. Yeah, which I think is good to 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 sort of set up, you know, the the mystery. You know, we want to figure out what what they're scheming up. Yeah, and then then that how that plays into the sort of where we one of the la- the first sort of big stinger for the for the issue is the the future future timeline um so i guess we could call this the dead bruce timeline mm-hmm. uh where selena is going to meet the old man and i like the page turn on that a lot uh what did you think of that page turn of his reveal of the old man uh no it's it's uh 
it's definitely shocking and and just sort of uh you know that's that's the that's the beauty of comics is this sort of uh you know we have the four beats of the you know they're they're embracing the glasses come off he starts to take his hair off then the hair drops we flip uh, we get a two-page ad for for more DC Comics, but then the impact of the the full page hits us with with what's going on. Yeah, and it's that full page splash, and that's that's pretty great, I thought. And just having the lettering pop off the page at the top, that was great. And then yeah, then this last uh, this last sort of cliffhanger reveal is pretty great too. I like the build up and then uh, the panels on the on the end. Um, thought that was very cool and then i like how um i kind of like how the the back cover sort of acts as a final panel if you think about it that's true if you you close it um it fits it fits really well with uh, the whole book Yep. So, um do you want to talk a little bit about what they what they find when they after that uh the, that splash page of the uh, the reveal, or do I leave that as a uh, something for for folks to to find out on their own if they haven't read to this point? I mean, I kind of spoiled it before, but it's basically the tease that Andrea to get revenge on the death of her son is becoming the Phantasm again. Yes, and uh, that's exciting. That'll yeah. be cool to see what they do with that. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, again, um, the the start of a of a I guess an event, um, sort of a self-contained event, but uh, sort of done in sort of uh, I guess I don't know if this is a good way to say it. It's sort of like a like a it's it's a Batman story, you know. It's 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 a mystery. It's a detective story with um, you know superhero elements, but. Uh, you know, I don't think this is a surprise to anybody who listens that, uh, you know, it's a Tom King book. It's a Batman book. We both sort of in, enjoyed it. So um, I'm excited for it. Do you know, is it is it going to be one of those uh, Tom King 12 issue series or is it like six? I'm not sure if I, I even know that at this point. I think it's going to be 12. And the reason why I think that is because of the advent calendar imagery in the book. So that okay. back cover is an advent calendar. So it's usually advent calendars are either like 24 days or 12 days. So the, I'm guessing it's going to be 12 issues. Okay. Um, that's just my, that's my guess right now. I think yeah. just from that, but I think it's also very cool that again, like he doesn't, he's not, he's not putting, uh, you know, time stamps on the time jumps. He's just sort of letting you read it. I think it's sort of the same thing with this where it's like, you know, this, this series will go for the number of issues that it's supposed to go, you know? Um, yeah. Um, I wouldn't be surprised that it's, uh, you know, I'm sure a quick Google search, I could figure that out for sure. But, uh, you know, 12 issues seems to be Tom King's sweet spot for, for, you know, his series that are sort of independent of, of long running series. Um, so that, that yeah. would make a lot of sense. It does. It makes a lot of sense that it would be 12 um yeah cool so uh from there we're going to turn our attention to to marvel's king in black um so this is uh you know 
I don't know if it's, you know, because of COVID in 2020, but like these sort of Marvel events don't seem to get the the buildup that they normally did. I mean, I, I only read the first issue of Empire. Um, I would, I'm probably going to go back if I can find it, you know, all together and hopefully find it at, you know, at a cheaper price. But this, um, I really wasn't aware of this sort of uh, coming out. Um, but when I saw it, um, on the stands, I decided to, to pick it up and I'm glad that I did. Yeah, I think, um, and one of the things, one of the reasons why I like this and I was trying to sort of, uh, try to think about why I liked it. And I actually was listening to an interview with Ed Brisson today and he brought up how, like, you know, the stakes in superhero comics and movies can sometimes be hard to get on board with if, you know, because like you can't like, you know, when, especially when it's all about saving the world, you know, um, it's hard to imagine. It's hard to feel like, you know, the weight of 7 million people, I guess, like, or like billions of people at stake. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and I thought that was an interesting thought. And I kind of think that's what applies here is uh, there's definitely the world ending stakes but I love how it starts out and I haven't been reading Venom, but I love how it starts out with Eddie Brock and his son and that clear. And I think it's Stegman's art. And I think it's Johnny Cates writing because there's not a lot of, if there's exposition, it's very clever and it's sort of manifested in just, you know, Brock being concerned that his son is afraid, which I thought was a really cool way of explaining the, the, the stakes and the threat. And also sort of showing that his son has powers as well. But then seeing the love that Brock has for his son and make that, that's what he's fighting for, for this, this whole issue. And I think will be for this event. Mm-hmm. That was powerful. And then to see all the Avengers fighting for Brock, that was cool. Where it was like, it's not, that was sort of like one of the brilliant things about the Infinity War movie is that obviously the world is at stake. But that the Wakanda fight is so much more effective because they've built up how, you know, Cap and the Avengers really want to protect Vision, you know? Mm -hmm. So I was like, felt things were way more at stake and way more urgent during that battle scene than like any of the other Avengers films before because I, this movie had made me care about Vision through the love that everybody had been showing him. And that was that's something that I think is this book sort of captures where I like, I did feel genuine dread when things started happening towards the end of the book, because like I cared about Eddie Brock and his son. Yeah. I know a, a lot of times we've talked about um, in story that you have to make us, you know, care about the the characters and, and, and want to root for the characters. So even before we get into sort of the epic Marvel Universe threat. It's like you said, it's, you know, it's a, well, we get the splash, uh, but, you know, very quickly we're back into sort of the the father-son caring dynamic, which makes us invested um, in Eddie and his son. And it's probably also a good device for um, anybody who hasn't, been reading that to see okay this is the core of these two characters that we're going to follow that are going to sort of be our 
vehicles to 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 get through the story so um it's a way of making us care about them and it's also a way of sort of explaining what's at stake for for these two yeah I, and i also like how the uh i don't know like i think it might just be stegman's art style is sort of so fresh and live and energetic you know that he doesn't draw anything like anyone else draws like his mm-hmm. cities and that specifically his cities don't look like anyone else's cities and it's hard to describe it but like you know it looks like a city but he doesn't like you know like I, I love how he renders them in the way that he renders them and then jp mayer's inks really enhance that as well so there's that uh i think was it the third double splash where you get the title at the top of the king in black and you see all the symbiotes dragons raining down from the sky that was awesome right there where i was like okay this is a cool image right here and i think maybe that's also something that like i think what's is what gives this book an edge on top of everything is this sort of new imagery based on a sort of a familiar world in a style that is so i guess off the beaten path because i think that was something with empire it felt so stiff, you know, that first issue, like it felt like it was sort of married to this very realistic, uh, like non-energetic, non-kinetic, you know, like, you know, art style. And it wasn't bad, but it just didn't feel like, you know, it didn't feel like there was a sense of urgency in the art, you know, Mm -hmm. it was very stiff, but this book feels like so full of life from start to finish. Yeah, I, I agree with you. Um, so after the sort of the moments of Eddie and his son talking, um, and before the splash that you were describing of them flying in, um, on the various sort of Quinjets, um, there's a, you know, then we get a few pages of, uh, She-Hulk, Cap, Tony, and Carol Danvers, um, sort of monitoring the, the incoming events. So here... We have a few pages, you know, we start off a couple of pages. Uh, these are the characters. This is why you should care about them. This is what they're going through. And then we get like three or four pages of this is the world. This is what's happening. This is what, this is why you should, you know, be anxious about what's, what's, what's coming. So they, they set everything up character world very quickly here. Yeah. And I love, uh, if, if, you, if you're okay with just keeping going with that, I love, uh, it reminded me of the, and I'm, I'm drawing a lot of comparisons tonight between movies and things like that. But you know, there's that one scene, I think like in like Aliens, uh, where uh, they set up the gun turrets outside the lab mm-hmm. and they're watching like the ammo click down and they're hearing like all the, the uh, xenomorphs get shot and it's just the sound you know, and like, and nothing's happening. That's sort of what I got from this scene where it's like all the mines are going off and it's not affecting anything. It's like all of Tony Stark's technology that he put in place to sort of protect the world is doing nothing against this threat. I thought that was really cool. Um, like there's that, that sense of hopelessness um, from the start. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's just sort of, again, you described that really well, but it's sort of like, you know, you had this, you know, Tony was very confident that things were going to work, but they were just sort of overwhelmed, no matter what they had put out there, there was just such a mass of, you know, the, these, these beings coming at them that they were there, a certain percentage of them were going to, were, were going to get through. And what gets through is still 
so massive that now, you know, they, they've been traveling here and now they're here and it's, it's very, it's, you know, event comics, everything looks very dire. It's issue one, you know? Yeah. So, um, so from there, um, it seems like, uh, Cap has got a plan with with Eddie to to hide hide his son, right? Yeah, these pages are my this page. Uh, the the sec so though, there's the one where they're running down the halls to the safe room, mm-hmm. and there's the final page, which takes a nice long time for him to say goodbye to his son while he's locking him up. Mm-hmm. This is what sort of where I was like, okay, I'm gonna keep reading this, you know, like this is. This uh, this scene is done so well and so emotionally effective. Him saying goodbye to his boy, and I love how Stegman drew the doors closing on his face in those two. Uh, I guess on the fourth and fifth panel, mm-hmm. that center panel where you just see the the doors and you just see little of his face, and he's like, he's saying, "I love you, son," and then it zooms out just so you can see him looking at the door that was that was brilliant um and his his son looking at the door and then snat and you you cut you cut away to eddie standing at the other side of the door that was that was wonderful yeah it's good and it's also um sort of pay the the it slows the pacing down yeah Uh, you know the the two-page splash before is like you know zipping in action things raining down from the sky title card and then you then you slow it down. Well, actually, you know the the left facing page is still sort of energetic and kinetic as they're as they're as they're running. But then the the right facing page here, the the almost nine panel grid, um, slows things down. And then we yeah. flip, and then we're back we're back in action. So we we've talked about like controlling pace, and if you sort of you, certainly it's a lot of fun to read a comic that sort of fast pace like you, you read it and you just sort of you're just sort of going and you're running with the with the heroes but here we it's one of those ones where it's fast slow down um and 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 dissect this you know or or sort of feel the emotional beat of, of this for for a little bit and it reminds me of um like sort of i think the the gold standard of like marvel events is secret wars by hickman and what's great about that first issue of of secret wars is like how Franklin, like, you know, they really sort of zoom in on Reed Richards relationship, like, you know, his family relationship in that first issue. Mm-hmm. And sort of that's the heart of that first issue and then also the heart of the series. And that sort of, again, sets up the stakes really well is just to show that relationship. But I also like how, you know, those pages leading up to these are very like large in scope and establishing the threat, establishing the stakes. But these moments even though there's still a sense of urgency, there's a bigger sense of intimacy where Stegman's drawing their expressions very clearly and and establishing their emotions through their gestures. And then of course, Kate's script is really hammering that home too. But then of course we get into the badassery um, with these next two double splashes, which is awesome. Yeah, so there's you know this 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 not quite the middle of the book um i think it's sort of close to the 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 end of maybe like the first third of the book but here it's sort of the action bringing the various elements of of the marvel universe sort of uh together you know 
for, you know, it's pretty much at first it's the Avengers that are sort of taking on the fight. Then, then the X-Men show up and then sort of, you know, uh, Eddie is, Eddie is transformed into Venom um, and he's, he's making his way somewhere. Strange is there. So we have the mystical element of, of trying to fight back. So, you know, this is bringing in the, the, the Marvel universe at large. Um, but then we get, uh, then, then the sort of the threat is, is, is upped. And I was like, you know, this is, this is awesome. This is two guys that are more than, than two guys, but you know, the team that really loves sort of the, the history of the Marvel universe to have these sort of venomized celestials sort of yeah. come down. That's just sort of like, Hey, let's just take these two c- cool Marvel things and put them together. Venomized <laughs> celestials. Boom. They're, they're there. So <laughs> yeah. it's just sort of like you have this like building block of all of these or, or like these Legos. You just sort of, let's take a little bit of this here and let's put a little bit of that to, together and, and make this, this new thing, which is not really a new thing, it's just combining two things that we we know as as Marvel fans. But I, I really like that. Yeah, I loved that too. But did you what did you think of the uh, X Men intro entrance? I thought that was pretty great to have the Professor X's thought bubble on the bottom of that page with the Avengers double splash, mm-hmm. and then turn it, and it's uh, like that awesome X Men hero shot of all of them coming in and uh, like Wolverine going full berserker and like Colossus shooting stuff out of his eyes and storm and cable and uh, Nightcrawler and, and Jean. That was all awesome. Uh, what did you think of that? No, it's, it's, it's great. It's, uh, uh, you know, in the, in the sort of the history of, of, of Marvel comics, it's sort of like one team is, is part of the fight. And then another team that we, you know, we love as well shows up and, you know, it's, they're, they're, they're teaming up. Uh, I, I really enjoyed that um, a, as well. Yeah, it was all awesome. And so, yeah. So from there, um the the one of the celestials opens up and the 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 big bad walks out somebody that we've been expecting to see um and somebody that's sort of been the big bad or or or, you know a major influence on a lot of the donny cates books is is null shows up yeah and uh i like uh i like how they establish him as a threat by basically sending in sort of maybe the most overpowered superhero in the Marvel universe sending in Sentry. Yes. And uh, I know, I don't know much about Sentry, but I know he is the most overpowered hero. And at first it looks like, and I think that's sort of maybe one of the greatest things about this. And you sort of touched on it with the Iron Man thing is that they really set up this sense of hope. Like Mm -hmm. I think, I think Kate sort of understands that you need to have a balance of hope and despair, you know, because you can't have one without the other. So having this like, oh, they're going to be able to beat back Null and maybe it'll just be an ongoing battle. But like Null like squashes Sentry in like a couple of pages. Yeah. So I think um, I think in Kate's run uh, of, of Thor, I'm not, not Thor, of Doctor Strange, when he took over for, for Jason Aaron for a little bit, he explored um Doctor Strange trying to help the Sentry deal with with the Void, 
Um, so, uh, but like you said, the century comes in, but uh, you know, that plan that they have doesn't work out. And uh, he sort of uh, takes, takes, the, uh, takes the century apart. Um, and he proclaims, I am the void. So I have a question for you. Okay. Does this make him null and void now? <laughs> good, good one, Stan. Um, that's that sounds like you were possessed by the spirit of Stanley to make that pun right yeah. there. Yeah. Um. So let's just move on with you know the 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 sort of we had an element of hope the 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 heroes it didn't work out for them. Um. They keep adding in these elements of hope because then like Storm comes in and you think, oh, maybe she might be able to hold back Null. And she kind of does. Yeah. But even then in the end, uh, you know, it's not enough because it, it kind of, like I said, like we, like we talked about at the beginning of when we were talking about this issue, what's at stake is Eddie and his son, right? Mm-hmm. And at the end, that's still what's at at stake. And they really focus on that. Like, it's almost like it doesn't matter that Null is surrounding the earth in a symbiote or anything like that. What matters at the end, and I think this is where Kate's really hammers it in and makes it good, is that, like, I think if it had ended on just the earth being swallowed up by a symbiote, Mm -hmm. I don't think it would have impacted me as much. But the fact that it ends the way that it does with null ripping the symbiote out of eddie and eddie plummeting down to the earth i was like i definitely want to keep reading because this book has convinced me that eddie is what is at stake here Mm -hmm. um which i thought yeah what what are your thoughts on how it how it goes from after after that stuff um no i i i liked it uh you know you you had mentioned that the the earth sort of gets covered in the 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 symbiote um and it looks again like we have a little bit of hope with with storm but she uh she gets sort of covered up as well um and then sort of the the as you said the end of issue one is is null taking the symbiote off of of eddie and him falling down so um you know we've set up sort of the all is lost moment uh for for our heroes and we know that they're gonna you know be up against you know terrible odds and they're gonna have to you know figure out more plans and hopefully some of these plans work a little bit better um but you know uh this is marvel event comics it's you know all the heroes coming together um working and and fighting a big bad that shows up um but it's just you know it's just done it's just it just looks amazing it's it's got a lot of you know things that we love and things that uh are just you know amazing to to look at um i'm looking at the checklist it looks like it goes through a couple of other books yeah um but i i think or maybe is, is that just a checklist for um, a couple of, they only show two issues of King in Black sort of proper listed. Um, huh. But uh, uh, I'm not sure how many of these event books I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to read, but uh, it's, it's been a lot, it's been a lot of fun uh, to, to read. 
Yeah. So. Yeah. So I guess, yeah, it does look like, um, yeah, it looks like you have to keep up with a lot of stuff. Yeah. Um, no, it's, 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 it was a lot of fun to read. Uh, I, I enjoyed it. Um, but, uh, I think it's an example of two different ways where you can do sort of an event superhero book at different levels, you know, uh, Bruce would never, I mean, Bruce would certainly take on this sort of challenge, but he would not be able to last long in there without having you know superman or, or green lantern fly in and, and and sort of help him out um so it's sort of like a superhero comic at like lower stakes and then a superhero comic at like higher stakes so it's it's, it's a lot of fun to, to to see that you could do different things like that and i guess the little kid is sort of at the heart of both because i think the driving force of bat and cat is andrea's son who's mm -hmm. dead and then and king and black that the driving force is Eddie's son who's still alive. True. Um, I didn't think about that, but that's a good point. Yeah. Well, nice. look at you picked out the books. You didn't even know that the, there was a lot of the deep thematic stuff going on there. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's, you know, it's a lot of times, but it, it also speaks to the point where a lot of times people think uh, that like superhero comics are sort of disposable throwaway sort of stories and you can certainly read those for, for that level of enjoyment. But then, you know, uh, I, I've had conversations with, with, with sort of friends who aren't into comics and they'll be like, you know, why would you read a Spider-Man book? And I'm like, you know, like the, the, the average sort of Marvel super or Spider-Man book is not really written for like a 12 year old kid it's 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 unfortunately or fortunately it's written for for an older audience and there's a lot of sort of you know adult themes in it that aren't sort of you know overly sort of uh violent or or sexual or, or things like that but it's there's a lot that you can do and you know you know i'll have friends that like don't like superhero books but i'm like you know you went to college and you know you got really excited for your greek mythology class there's not like a lot of difference between Greek mythology and sort of King and Black, you know, it's, you know, it's the story of, of fathers and sons. And yes, they're super, they're super powered individuals, but you, you have that in Greek mythology as well. Yeah. And I think that's the, that's the balancing act that a lot of these writers have to come up with is making those old stories fresh. Mm -hmm. So finding new ways for us to care about an event book is really hard, especially when Marvel seems to just sort of be stuck in this vicious cycle of invasion narratives. Right. So like when empire came out, I was like, I'm kind of sick of the invasion narrative. Right. Mm -hmm. I, I'm sick of two alien races battling over earth and things. And it's, it's been done over and over and over again. And, and even recently it's been done. So when you get something like Secret Wars or, you know, that's either breaks away from the formula of an event book where it rewrites everything that's happened and it does a really great job in something new and inventive with an old, with an old title, but also with sort of old characters, it's pretty spectacular. And, but I think it's even more impressive though, to see someone like Donny Cates come in and be like, Hey, invasion narratives can still be cool too, you know? if you can do them right, you know, you can do independence day again and make it work. 
just as well as it did back in 1997 or whenever. Or you can do, I think, a better example in comics to be like, you can do Secret Invasion again yeah. and have it work, uh, but with new stakes and, you know, a new twist on things. So do you think uh, Donny Cates is sort of, um, I don't know, it, it, I don't know if desire is the right word, because, but he's, he likes to introduce new newer characters a lot more than like sort of other writers do it's like a lot a lot of writers like to sort of play with the toys that they they love growing up and that's got to be a lot of fun as well but like Donny Cates also um you know has created so many sort of new characters you know Cosmic Ghost Rider, Null and you know all of these other sort of of things so I I, I think maybe that helps them give fresher spins on on some of these things yeah and i think that definitely shows with something like empire because i think dan dan slot was sort of editing that one right and when you have a guy who's sort of like in entering into his third decade mm -hmm. writing at marvel maybe he might hit some stagnation with with writing things and maybe lose some of the excitement that he probably had and you also have dan slot who's just been drugged through the dirt Mm -hmm. a lot while working at Marvel. You have someone like Donny Cates who is young and uh, younger than most, I guess, working at Marvel. And also, yeah, like just hitting his stride in the last two years with his books. Like, I mean, two years ago is sort of when people were like, holy crap, this Thanos book that we thought was just going to be there to tie into Infinity War is actually one of the best things that's been written in comics in a long time. And then, and then he sort of started to, you know, like, again, I didn't read much of Thor, but what I did read of it, I was like, oh, wow, he's actually doing something great with the character after a really solid, you know, five-year run on the mm -hmm. character, maybe more than five years, probably like six or seven years yeah. run on the character. And that's, that's impressive. And then to bring like Silver Surfer back for a little bit and have it be like one of the most acclaimed series ever. Mm -hmm. and you know that's so you see a guy who's at the top of his game right now so uh i can see why marvel's like yeah give him an event every year while we while we got you know while he can do no wrong basically um yeah yeah you definitely uh if you have that sort of uh you know to use a, a you know maybe like a sports analogy you sort of have that home run hitter it's yeah. hot just keep just keep sending him up there and, and letting him to uh, you know take his swings um so uh i think i think that's going to cover it um i think what we'll do is you know we'll certainly continue with every issue of catwoman um or batman catwoman maybe we sort of double them up let them sort of you know two issues come out and sort of break those down um and then certainly if it looks like um how things are going we'll, we'll we'll try to break down king and black two the sort of the one and the two i don't know how many of the sort of satellite s series is i'm going to jump into but uh we'll definitely yeah. see how how that ties up so um I, I i you know it's been a while since we've been gotten back to to reviews but it was a lot of fun to sort of break down a book again yeah it was fun and uh then i think you know we've got Strange Adventures 7 and uh, Rorschach 3 coming up here soon. Uh, yeah, more, more, uh, more, more Tom King uh, stories uh, for us to break down. I, if he stops being good, then we'll stop <laughs> reviewing his books, okay? 
Like if he stops making interesting stuff, then, then we'll stop. Okay. So get off our asses. Well, I think, uh, I think, uh, well, it certainly helped my excitement, but I, I was, I, depending on, unless it looked totally terrible, um, the, the excitement I had after, the HBO Watchmen's series, I, I I would have been in on a on a Rorschach book just to see um, how it goes. You know, sometimes we we've talked about how um, I'll grab a Frank Miller book, knowing that it's going to be a train wreck. I'm not saying that I, I thought that Rorschach was going to be a train wreck, but there's some things that even if I don't think they're going to work, I still want to sort of experience them and and see. But um, no, uh, I was I I was pretty excited for for both of those books. So, yeah, me too. I'm 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 just excited to, yeah. Like again, Tom King's in, in sort of in a similar position as Donny Cates. Like he sort of hit his stride for two years, sort of came down to earth, and then is sort of building back up again. And that's pretty cool to see. Like maybe this will be his sort of like not his comeback, but sort of his second wind is sort of what we're in right now, which is pretty great. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, he's doing something different as well. So yeah. Which is really cool to see. Yeah. Cool. So uh, if for anybody listening, if you could give us a rating and review on the podcasting service you use, we'd really appreciate it. If you want to follow the podcast, we're on social media. Twitter is at construct pod. Instagram is constructing comics pod. Facebook and YouTube is constructing uh, constructing comics. Um, we're going to have links to all of that in the show notes. Uh, like to thank everybody for listening. Uh, please be nice, be safe and go out there and make some comics. Thank you.